We are loving all of the positive feedback. Thank you all for downloading the episodes, sharing with friends, connecting with us, letting us know how the episodes are changing your lives. We love that we are creating content that you are finding useful and enjoyable. We realized that the most downloaded episode was the You Asked, We Answered, How Would You Advise Your Younger Self episode, where Ebony and I did a lightning round where we asked a series of personal questions and you got to see a more personal side of both Ebony and I. So we decided to incorporate the Conversation Starter series in our regular life, love, and relationship episodes. And the Conversation Starter series will really be Ebony and I asking a series of personal questions, and we will be using the Icebreaker card deck from the Best Self Company. You all, this is not a sponsored program, although I do think we should be getting some coins after this, but the um, Icebreaker card deck is a great tool to help spark thoughtful discussions. I have a deck in my apartment and in my office. It's great to spark vulnerability and show off your more quirky personal side and share funny and interesting memories and stories of yourself. Ebony and I in this episode will be kicking off the Conversation Starter series. We hope you enjoy it and we really think that you can use it in any setting. Let us know how you feel. Uh, they cannot do what they want. Woo. I got my freedom of speech. Yeah. I get to say what I want. One. They cannot lock me outside. outside. I walk in right through the front. front. With a big back like I'm back. Uh, you need to get my respect. Uh. So let's get right into it, Ebony. You ready? I'm here. I'm with you. Okay, let's go. First question, what is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Hmm. <laughs> You're laughing already. <laughs> no, don't tell me why. Don't ask me why I'm laughing because I'm not going to say because there's a couple of things. Okay. Um, but I'm only going to give you one because uh, I only feel comfortable saying one of them. <laughs> on this recording <laughs> no it's not it's nothing nasty or fresh girl no. <laughs> um but what i will say is it's something i actually want to do and i haven't done it yet darn it um but i do think that um traveling is very important and uh, i think that everybody if they're capable like if you have the means to do this travel to at least three continents mm. other than the one you live on so for us we have what you ain't yeah nigeria doesn't count so well we don't live well, there like, well, we don't live there no. and we don't okay, live there you can go to, okay you're right yeah yeah because there's right. so much okay. to explore in africa right like so that's we go true. to nigeria that doesn't really count um because that's like go going home but there are so many different other countries in africa that we could really take advantage of and go to and visit and see the different cultures so i definitely want to do that um so you Europe. wouldn't go to a country in north america well, that's already a continent. We're on North America. So I wouldn't count Canada or Mexico, right? Right. I'm saying okay. like a totally different continent. Continent, so okay. Europe, Asia, South America, even um, Australia, you know? So I think that it, it, it will be very interesting to see how the other, how people live in the other parts of the world and just really open your eyes to different cultures. And I think it makes, when you have those experiences, it really shapes you as a person and how you view the world. You know, and, it, and it opens up this door and this excitement to even want to do more travel. Because people that I speak to who travel 
or started traveling, um, and making travel a really um, essential part of their lives, they love it. And they find themselves doing it more and more. And, you know, it just seems like just the idea of exploration and be able to see different cultures is just exciting. And I think that everyone, if you have the need to do that, should at least do it once, even if it's one trip. No, it's interesting. I just thought it was interesting how you qualified it, right? When you said you can't travel to a country in your continent. So that's a lot of countries you're eliminating. Not really. I got a few. A few. I mean, I'm horrible with geography, but I believe Hawaii would be part of it, right? So you would not count Hawaii? I do not count Hawaii. But it's a different culture. Of, it is, but it's technically part of our continent, even I though know. it's not geographically <laughs> on our continent. But I, I think people should at least say this is my little you know bucket list kind of um choice here okay you can decide to do whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) but i think that you know at least going to a different continent like if you go to asia it's completely different from what we got going over here in the u.s you know so just being able to explore and see that other side i think it's exciting okay oh yeah so Next year, I'm going to hold you accountable. So next year, you, Chimdi, and the kids would have gone somewhere. By the grace of God, yes. North America. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, we have a a trip planned to Africa, obviously, but we're not counting that because it's Nigeria. But our goal is to go to another African country um, next year with the kids. I still feel like you shouldn't count Africa because we're African, so that doesn't count, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get it. I definitely... (laughs) But there's just so much to explore in Africa. Go to Asia. (laughs) All right. Next question. Second question. Mm. Oh, God. Would you rather never read another book or never watch another movie? Ooh, that is actually a really good one because I love movies and I love books. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, like I could sit down with a glass of wine and some popcorn and watch a movie like all night every day if I could. And then I love reading books too because I feel like books are like, um, I don't, you know, like if you, I don't know, you've probably heard the quote and I, forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, like um, a book will allow you to travel without even moving mm-hmm. your feet. Mm-hmm. You probably heard that quote, right? Yeah. So with it's books, true. you can, you can be anywhere. You can be in any time period, you know, uh, like books essentially is like playing a movie in your own imagination. Right, if it's a good book, if it's a good book, right, you're fully immersed. Characters, where are they on the setting? No, it's true. And many movies are derived from books, you know. So, and everyone knows that, you know, the book version is always better than the movie version. Um, So it's like if I had to choose and I had to give something up, which I would hate to do because I'm a very visual person, um, I would have to pick a book because I just feel like the books. One, it's, it's great for your imagination. Books are fundamental, and I feel like it makes you smarter um, when you read. Um, it improves on your vocabulary, and I feel like with your imagination, it's kind of like having a movie in your head, and you're, there's just so much unlimited access to um, so many things with books as opposed to movies. So I choose books, hands down. So you would rather never watch another movie? It's Sherry. Listen, this is a very difficult question. Pick one, pick one, pick one. But I pick a book. I pick books. I pick books. Okay, like so I that means you would never. So I would have to read never watch another movie. Then I would. I would rather not watch another movie if I had to choose. Yes. Okay. I would read books <laughs> because books is like a movie. So like I can make the movie in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, with with movies, I'm just stuck with what's already out. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like I'm just stuck with what 
movies are created. There's a lot of books that never make it to the movies, but they're great books. Not, that would have been my answer as well. I agree oh, with okay. that. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I guess, so why are you trying to make me sound like I'm <laughs> no, crazy? No, I just wanted to make sure um, that I understood the answer you were selecting. Yeah. So I okay. choose books and I would rather never watch another movie. Okay. There you go. Okay. okay perfect. Mm-hmm. Last question for you. Okay. I'm going to try to make this a good one. Oh, Lord. Okay. I think I have one. What's something you disagree with about the way you were raised? Hmm. Damn. That is pretty good. You just, we'll just make sure your mom or your dad won't listen to this episode. Um, I actually, I, you know, I'm actually really pretty okay with the way I was raised. I think that my parents did a good job with what they had. And I think that all of their kids, like all my siblings, we, pretty, we turned out pretty, pretty good, pretty great. You know, thank God. Um, I would say that uh, I wish that my parents would hone in more and encourage us to hone more into our passions as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, you know, they were and they still are very big on education, you know, getting a degree that was prestigious, you know. Um, so like for me growing up, I knew that I was, I, I mean, I thought I was going to be a medical doctor. I knew it was going to either be a medical doctor, lawyer, so one of the top prestigious um, professions, right? There was, that goes without staying. My kids, my parents were very big on you. If I got a 95, they, would, they wouldn't say, oh, great job, Ebony. You got your 95, you did your best. My parents would say, hey, what happened to the 100? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. You know, like it wasn't a big deal. It was like, okay, you can do better. Um, but when I was a kid, I had a lot of different things that I was passionate about. I love to draw. I love to draw like fashion and dresses. I did hair. Um, I still do hair. I was very passionate about doing hair. Um, and, but for my parents, it was like, there was no room for like that extra, like the art right. stuff, you know? They wouldn't, they wouldn't champion those things. They didn't champion those things. And, right. uh, you know, maybe they thought that those things would be distraction. Like as, like we didn't have like soccer practice, basketball practice, like, like when, when I was a little kid, my sister did that when she was like in high school, my, the youngest one, um, and I think my brother might have dabbled in it later on, but like when we were kids, like my kids' age, we didn't do like soccer practice and like swimming lessons and all those extra like ballet. I didn't really do all of those things, you know. It was like schoolwork is first priority. Um, so like, I I kind of wish that um, you know they allowed us to do more of those things or at least encourage us as a uh, at a young age to like enjoy like the arts because a lot of people you can use your passion and turn that into your profession or you can make it into profit you can really profit off of those passions and those skills that you have and you see a lot of people doing that today they're not your typical lawyer or doctor um, but you see people who focus on their passion and turning that into really great careers for themselves and I'm not I, I in no way regret being an attorney I'm really happy with the way I am um, turned out, but sometimes I do think and wonder, like, what what would have happened if I was, you know, a fashion designer, or, mm-hmm. you know, I own this huge like beauty shop or whatever. My parents were entrepreneurs themselves. You know, they had several businesses; they were very successful at it, uh, and we saw the success. We saw the hard work that they put into the work that they did. I just wish that we got an early start on learning about the importance of entrepreneurship and using your passions, um, your talents, um, 
towards that, you know? I would have answered the question the same exact way when I thought about the question. Really? That's immediately that's immediately what came to mind because, and I think it just might be a condition of growing up in an African home. I think mm. many Africans, African children, will have similar experiences. At least in our generation, I think now, you know, as we start having our own kids, we understand the importance of that. So a lot of right. us are enrolling our children in extracurricular activities, right. whether it's sports, dancing. We understand the importance and the value that um, it has in raising your kids. When I was growing up, I was a big dancer. I was a big performer. I enjoyed dancing, but it wasn't something that my parents cultivated. In school, Mm -hmm. like during school plays and holiday plays, like the Christmas play, I was very involved. And my father would come because he had to. Right. (laughs) They would come, obviously. They'd show up and support. Because who's going to pick me up after the show? So he would have to, whether he wanted to or not. But he wasn't the one, like, taking pictures and championing it. And even when I wanted to pursue it outside of, like, a formal school play, like, just being a dancer and enrolling in performing arts, I actually had to sneak it. Mm. Because, like you said, with your parents, it was all about books, 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 study, study, study. We didn't watch TV during the week. Right, no, no TV was, Monday through Thursday in my house. Yeah, was it was focus. It was just focusing on your schoolwork. As you said, you get a 95, you're excited. Where's the other five points? What right. happened? You know, and so um, I remember anytime I would start dance school, if my mother found out, she would pull me out but I would find a way to sneak back in. But it was a constant roller coaster. My, me, my sisters, my friends, we started this group called Sisters with Flavor. So, you know, a spin-off oh, really? of SWV. <laughs> we did SWF. And we performed, you know, we performed in community shows and things like that. Aww. But my parents- I used to do that oh. too. Yeah. But my parents didn't know about it because they Aww. couldn't. But it would have been nice um, for them to know about it. And, you know, the same way you brag about your kids being smart and- getting straight A's, brag about them, you know, taking part in extracurricular activities and exploring their talents because, you know, you mentioned not only your passions making room for profits, but these passions and these extracurricular activities just make you a more well-rounded person. Like you learn discipline. You know, a lot of these kids who go, who are part of these soccer teams, I mean, they have very rigorous schedules, schedules, right? So they have to learn from a very young age how to juggle how to prioritize, right. you have to wake up at a certain time, you know, to make practice and still go to class. So I think there's a lot of other skills that are taught that I think a lot of our African parents took. Teamwork, for working with a team, teamwork, with people. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So I agree. I, that, if, that was, if there was one thing I could change about the way I grew up, that definitely would be one. Um, being able to explore my talents and my passions, my interests without hiding it. Right. <laughs> oh, that's so cute that you have to hide it. You have to hide it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, look at us. We said that at the same time. So is it my <laughs> turn to ask you questions? <laughs> yes, it is. I give you permission. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So the first question that I want to ask you is, um, what's something about you that surprises that the people are surprised about when they first hear it? I think one of the things that people are surprised at when I say it is that I'm an introvert. You? Exactly. <laughs> where? No, Which introverts? I'm, I'm introverts where? I am an introvert. How? I, so I'm a social person. You can put me in a room and 
I can meet people, I can engage people, but I get very overwhelmed. I'm teasing you. I believe that. I can, you know I can that. see. You feel like you've spoken about that. this. Mm-hmm. I get very overwhelmed with the crowds. I feel like I'm being pulled in different places. I prefer smaller settings. So I can have like a little house gathering in my apartment. I'd rather that, you know, than go out to a gala or an event. I hate um, uh, the networking events and happy hour events. I really have to prepare myself emotionally and mentally. And when I walk out of the room, regardless of how many friends I've made, I need to come home immediately and sleep, like de-stress. Really? It's very overwhelming. So yes. It's exhausting for you. It's exhausting. I'm a true introvert. I enjoy staying home. Don't call me on the weekends. I don't want to go. No, I don't want to (laughs) go. If you want to stop by after your event, feel free, ring my doorbell, call or text me, but please, I beg you, don't invite me to an event. Just, just not this weekend. So yes, I'm an introvert. That's funny because when people see you, I'm, I can get how people would be surprised at that because you have a podcast where you're, you know, you're open, you're sharing your experiences, you're vulnerable, you are an attorney, you know, lead counsel, you know, like, so you are in a position where you're constantly having to put yourself out there. So when people hear this, they're going to say, what, how is that even possible? But I get it. Yeah. I get it. Cause like people, possible. people, get, <laughs> people get surprised when I tell them that I'm actually a really shy person. Right. Yeah. Like people think that they're like, no, how can you be shy? I'm like, I'm shy. Like recently I had to host um, my sister's bridal shower a few weeks ago and like everyone was coming up to me and saying, you did a great job. Wow. You know, what's funny. You were able to, you know, entertain the crowd. And I'm like, really? Okay. Thank you. But inside, they don't know what I was going through. <laughs> it takes work. And it's, it's not yes. that you're not good at it. You can be good at it, but your natural comfort zone is to be in your little circle. I've learned what I do now as a coping <laughs> mechanism. And I don't know when I started doing this, when I'm at an event, whether it's a social gathering um, or, you know, at work, if I start to feel overwhelmed or pressured by the large crowds, I start um, you, um, pinching my thumb and my index finger together. And I'll really? just be doing that the whole time. Okay. And so the, what is it? That. Like the pain helps or something like that? I don't get it. I have no idea what it does, but it feels good and it keeps me going. Okay. It, I just start pinching. Or if I'm giving a speech in front of a large crowd, it it helps maybe calm my nerves okay. or maybe I'm focusing on that and not the crowd. I don't know what it is, but I found that to be a useful tool for me to pinch my thumb and my index finger together. Um, oh. and, and then also every once in a while between interactions, I'll just go to the bathroom and take a deep sigh and then go oh. back. But yes, I'm an introvert. Okay, everybody, you y'all. heard it here. I love y'all Terry today. is an introvert. I love y'all today. I will have a conversation. I will have a Don't conversation. call her on the weekends, guys. <laughs> no, call me on the weekend. We can have a real good conversation. Don't call me inviting me to nobody's club or nobody's networking event. No. All right, so no clubbing for you on the weekends. No. Okay, so the next question. Um, okay, I'll ask you this. Um, um, we've, we're, you've been married, I've been married, we've both been proposed to. Would you rather be proposed to in <laughs> private <laughs> or in front of family and friends? And I'm only asking this because my sister just got engaged um, last year and it was a very public 
you know, engagement, like her fiance, so sweet, great guy, and proposed to her on Thanksgiving in front of the whole family. And she's a very private person. So I'm curious to know your thoughts, like which would you prefer, um, public or um, private or in front of family and friends? So that's a good question. And I thought about this for quite some time, as you said, I've been in a relationship, I've been married and that I call it the party, that party was a huge one. And it was again, overwhelming and I'm an introvert. So if I was to do it again, I probably wouldn't do anything big, it would be much smaller. But that said, one of the things that I love about the Nigerian culture, right, is, you know, when your family and your friends come together and celebrate with you. So I still want that element. So I feel like I found a balance in my head. I feel like the proposal, mm-hmm. I would want, like Abby asked your sister, the way Dwayne did it. Mm-hmm. It was during Thanksgiving and it was at the house with the family and friends that needed to be there. Right. The people it was that beautiful. Needed, the people that needed to be there, not the extras, but right. the people that matter, the people that you celebrate, you have Thanksgiving dinner with, you spend your holidays with, those are the people that matter. And you don't feel guilty if you didn't invite this person or that person. The right. people that needed to be in the room were in that room for a very special moment. So I feel like for me, I would want that for my proposal. So that way no one gets offended when they weren't part of the wedding because the wedding is just <laughs> going to be me, him, and the, me and my parents, my siblings. And the person that officiated the, the oh, wedding. Oh, so you would want a small wedding go this time around? I believe so. Of course, it depends on my partner. And, you know, families, you know, they have their influences and their voices. But if that was my choice, I would rather the proposal be... Um, um, the, the proposal involved Michael's family and friends. And I, I think I shared this with you, but... A few years ago, I want to say when I was in law school back in 2007, 2008, uh-huh. there was this video that went around and went viral. This guy, yeah, you did share this with me. His yeah. girlfriend. Right. It was at this nice hotel, I believe it was in Atlanta, maybe. And he reserved, he booked a few rooms. And each room, and and in the beginning, the the girl has no idea what's going on. But as they go from room to room and it progresses, she sees what's happening. Each room was decorated with, you know, a certain type of flower, certain colors. And there was a group of people that meant something. So maybe it was her sorority sisters. Mm -hmm. The next room may have been her childhood friends. Mm -hmm. The next room may have been his siblings. The next room may have been her parents. And, you know, each room, the people there would say a special prayer with her and her and her boyfriend, now husband. But each room signified a certain thing, represented a certain thing, and had certain people from different phases in her life. And the last room was just her and him, I believe, where he eventually proposed. By that time, she knew what was happening. But that, I remember sending it around that to experience. a couple of you guys and said, I'm sending it to you now in advance. Whoever I end up dating and you see us progressing into a serious relationship, please send him this video. This is exactly <laughs> how I want mine to be. Because again, the people that mattered were there. It was right. special. It was very thoughtful. People were there, but it was still private and intimate in a meaningful way. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful way to so beautiful. be proposed to. So beautiful. I think it got a lot of attention 
and the video eventually got taken down because they got way more attention than they were than they were expecting. They were expecting. I don't even think they were expecting it. I think the videographer gonna yeah. put it out there as part of his portfolio and profile. They had no idea it was gonna get that much attention. I mean, they started getting featured interviews because it really was so touching. Oh, I was like, that boy loves you, girl. Aw. Okay, okay. All right. So staying on the topic of life, um, if you could write a book, and maybe it doesn't have to be about life, but if you could write a book, Sherry, um, what would it be about? You've, you're a woman who's had several experiences now, so. Another and you don't have to write about them. It could be, you could write a book about anything. Anything. Aliens, right. if you want. Another good one. So, you know, in line with the No Small Talk podcast and the areas that we focus on, life, love, and relationships, a lot of love and relationships, I will say that I've been told, at least by a few friends, that I should write a book about my dating experiences. About like mm-hmm. each date or each situationship has come with something very strange. Situationship, <laughs> I like that. Thing to talk about, and whenever I come back with another story, friends are like, "Oh my, you just need to write a book." I would um, read that book, FYI. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might have a hard time writing it. It might be, you know, entertaining to some people, but the reader <laughs> might go through some anxiety, angst writing the book, flashbacks. But I, I've been told that I've had some really interesting situations, but maybe to take it to a next level, maybe not just write about the experience, but what I've learned, because I do feel like with each situationship yes. experience, I learned something about what I, who I am, what I want, right. what I don't want. Um, and some of those things I don't realize until a situation triggers a thought um, or, or a revelation about myself. Um, and if not that book, because there's tons of like relationship type books, I think another book I would write, and it's coming out of our involvement with this No Small Talk podcast, realizing that a lot of people have a hard time being authentic and telling their story, mm. fitting in, whether it's a work environment, where right. people look like them. I get a lot of questions from people about how they fit in in corporate America where they're the only black person or the only female. How do you, how do you be authentic without looking so different? How do you present yourself in a way that's appealing to the people around you so that you're not there just listening to other people's stories without having a story to tell? Right. And so I feel from my experiences, because I've definitely been there, I would write a book about embracing your full self and being authentic and not being afraid to tell your story and maybe get right. to how you tell that story. Right. Yeah. I think we did talk about that too and being able to connect with people, even though you have differences, you come from different backgrounds, but being able to tell your story, I think you gave an, ex- you shared, I guess, an example of how this worked for you. I think on a previous episode, mm-hmm. you were able to connect with a, a, an employee, a coworker, um, just based off of you being open about your past experiences and so forth. So I think that would be a really good book. Yeah, like a how-to thing. It doesn't have to be anything long, but a how-to, just quick tips. And it's easy. And I, I've i learned that now, you know, in my 30s and doing- Maybe, we'll do, maybe we'll do a masterclass or something. A master, yes, that a masterclass. That would be good. But mm-hmm. um, that might be another option of a book that I write. Right. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. 
I love this. I love having these conversations. It's, me it's too. Always learning. I feel like I learn more about you. You learn more about me. And we learn more about ourselves too when we have these um, questions because it allows us to really think like, I guess I knew as a kid, like certain things I wish I was able to do, but subconsciously as a parent now, I'm Mm-hmm. being more conscious about that with my own children, but you don't really think about this in depth. So like having these conversations really takes you to that place of reflection. So yep, I enjoy it. I did too. And we hope you guys did as well. Thank you for joining us guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye. On God, I come from a place that goes so hard. I'm not afraid of words. You can bring the bar. If you don't want problems, then don't start. Don't start. They told me shut up and dribble. Tell your president act presidential. Bottom line, I won't keep quiet. Not this time. Not this time.